Welcome, welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1, featuring Bay Area Sports Insight. Now, here's your host, Jimmy B. Good morning, Tampa Bay sports fans. Welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show. I'm your host, Jim Barron. Big weekend of sports. Of course, the Bucks and the Rams going tomorrow at 3.30. Three other huge NFL games. And of course, we're going to be talking about the Rays and their historic announcement this week. Lots to get to. Welcome to the show. The number here is 877-448-7901. You can email me at sports at power901.com. We'll be right back to kick off the show in the gymnasium. There's a lot going on at the Landing Bar and Grill in Valrico. There's great food at the Landing featuring several signature landing-only specialties like shareable appetizers, seafood, flatbreads, salads, wings, pasta, pizza, burgers, gluten-free, keto-friendly, kid-friendly, dog-friendly, desserts, craft beer and cocktails, and a lot more. And if you're looking for entertainment, we've got it. National holidays, food events, live music, karaoke, cornhole, and live team trivia. Check out our full menu on Facebook or online at thelandingvalrico.com. Sports is back and we've got that too. The Landing Bar and Grill off Lithia Pinecrest in Valrico. The Landing Bar and Grill. Land as strangers, depart as friends. Now, now back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. Let's get to it. And then there were eight. Eight teams left in the NFL season coming into the divisional round of the playoffs. Last week's games, in all honesty, I thought were uh, many of them were lopsided. Team won by more points than they usually would on a Sunday. So I look for this weekend to be the direct opposite. I think the um, four games that we have, the two of them today and the two of them tomorrow, you're going to see some very close scores. And I think that um, you're going to see the cream of the crop rise like we always do come this time of the year. First game that we have is a little bit later on today. Uh, We have the Bengals are playing at the Titans. Tennessee, of course, has the one seed. That's a 430 game. Um, Tennessee's favored by three. Now, if you look at when you have a home team favored by three, that means that the odds makers have it as a pretty even game. So, you know, with Derrick Henry coming back to play for the Titans, you know, he had a surgically repaired foot. He hasn't played since October. I think it's going to be a huge boost to um, the Tennessee Titans, both from an on-field um perspective, not to mention a uh, mental and psychological perspective against Cincinnati. Um, Once Henry gets going, he seems to get better uh, as the game progresses, and he will just wear you down by the time the fourth quarter gets here. Uh, You just kind of don't want to tackle him, just let him go. So it's going to see how he comes back from the injury, of course. Just because he's back doesn't mean he's going to be back to his old self, of course, but we're going to um, see how that plays out. I think if you look on the other side of the ball, uh, Cincinnati has a couple injuries. Ogunjobi is hurt. Um, he's leading the team in sacks. Uh, you know, one of their run stoppers, Trey Hendrickson, he's out as well. So I think the Bengals finished the regular season ranked fifth in the fewest rushing yards allowed per game. But we're going to see how that um, plays out against a Tennessee team, which I think is going to definitely run the ball. And, and you know, you have Joe Burrow on Cincinnati's 
a quarterback, of course, with Jamar Chase. Uh, they should win. If all things equal, they should win. Um, you don't want to discount the home field advantage. Uh, but in this situation, it appears that Cincinnati has the um, upper hand at this point and should win. However, I'm going to go with Tennessee. I think for some reason that Tennessee is going to be able to put some pressure on Burrow. I think they're going to take some things away from him. And uh, you know, they definitely have the type of team that can um, that can do that. They've been to the playoffs before. And I think that Vrabel is going to have the team ready to go. And um, it should be a great game, a close game, I think. And I'm going to go with Tennessee in this one. Just to uh, mention out last week, I was 6-0 and all with the picks. Uh, happy to be able to do that. The upset was, of course, San Francisco, uh, which sent Dallas packing. So we'll see how we do this week. But that will be the first game here in a couple hours at 4.30. And then, of course, you have a huge game later on tonight. You have the San Francisco 49ers, who is uh, the sixth seed in the NFC, going against Green Bay, who is the one seed. So Green Bay had the bye last week. They were able to get rest and, you know, a couple people banged up a little bit and um, back at it today. Aaron Rodgers, the leader of that team, he's 0-3 against the 49ers in the playoffs. Um, and actually, it took a, a last-second field goal for Green Bay to beat them earlier this year. I think it was week three where they came around and they, and they beat them. Question was this week, are the 49ers going to be able to get Nick Bosa back? He was under concussion protocol uh, after last week's game. If they don't have him back, that's a big blow to their defense. And of course, playing against Rodgers and uh, the offensive the uh, Packers, you need to have him back. Also, you have Fred Warner with an angle injury. He's going to be available. Um, and from what I hear... Bosa was on the field. It's just a matter of whether he's able to clear the uh, concussion protocols to be able to go out there and play. On the other side of the ball, Jimmy Garoppolo, who led the team to victory against Dallas last week, he's going to be playing again through some injuries. He's got a shoulder sprain and a torn thumb ligament in his throwing hand. So it's going to be interesting. He's going to be under some pressure, and we're going to see what happens in the cold weather. It's going to be about four degrees up there at Lambeau. And that's without the wind chill come game time. So it's the forecast. It's going to necessitate maybe a different type of, of game plan. We're going to see what Green Bay is going to be able to do. They want to pass the ball. San Francisco, they want to run the ball. Now, Green Bay has given up a lot of yards. I think they're 30th in the league right now in um, defense against the pass rush. And San Fran, of course, likes to run the ball. They got you know Debo Samuel in there, which can play probably five positions on the offense. And I think Shanahan is going to be able to mix some things up. It should be a very, very interesting game. I don't know if the Packers are going to have uh, Zadarius Smith in there or cornerback uh, Alexander or Bakhtari as well. But um, I really think that even though Green Bay is a favorite by five and a half points, San Fran's been going out there and uh, playing these games very close. They uh, seem to have a little bit of a a chip on their shoulder, and it's going to be a close game. I'm going to say that Green Bay does win on a field goal, but it's going to be, I think, a, a very close game come down to the end, and it would not surprise me if the uh, 49ers come away with another victory. But I'm going to give the nod at this point to um, 
uh, Green Bay with Rodgers up there with the home field advantage at Lambeau. Uh, come tomorrow, of course, the, the Bucks. Then the game is 3.30 against the Rams. We're going to talk about the other game first, then come back and break down the Bucks. After the Bucks get done playing, there's going to be a game at 6.30, which is going to be the Bills at Kansas City. Kansas City is a two seed. Buffalo is a four seed. Both of these teams had blowout victories last week. Uh, if you watched any of the games, I believe Buffalo had like seven touchdowns and then, and then take a knee and nail down. Kansas City played great as well. Um, when you looked at what Buffalo was able to do, I mean, they, they probably pitched the perfect offensive game against the Patriots in that game last week. Um, they, they've caught some fire. To me, Buffalo is probably the hottest team right now left in the playoffs. Their offense has become more balanced. You have Allen as a quarterback. You know, when you're 6'5", 240 plus, and you're running um, and able to uh, be a threat like he is, it really makes a difference. Uh, you put some pressure on the defense like that. So, and it's not just the offense that's playing good. Uh, the defense... Uh, they finished the regular season with the fewest amount of yards allowed and points scored, and they've created at least one turnover in four of the last five games. Now, you look at Kansas City, um, you know, they, they were easily able to beat Pittsburgh in the wild card round. Um, they actually did get down in the first quarter on a, a turnover and whatnot. Pittsburgh scored, but once they got rolling, Pittsburgh was no match for them. I think that um, they can score points in bunches. Unfortunately, sometimes they have a tendency of getting down in the game early, a little bit lethargic. And playing against Buffalo, that's not something that you want to do. So I think that Kansas City really needs to focus this next couple of days on being able to go out there and... Now, whether they defer on the kickoff or get the ball, go down there and put some type of points on the board just to let Buffalo know that they're there to play. And they do have the home field. Playing in Arrowhead is definitely an advantage to them. Um, I think the winner of this game, <clears throat> excuse me, goes on to win the AFC, um, whether it be Buffalo or KC. I'm going to go on the, um, my upside is going to be, I'm going to take Buffalo on this game. I think that their time has come and I'm looking for them to uh, I'll pull off the little bit of a upset in this game. So um, let me know what your thoughts are on the first three games that we talked about. <clears throat> the number here is 877-448-7901. You can also go to jimmybsports.com. You can shoot me an email. Um, I'd like to ask you what game do you think will be the best one out of the four this weekend? Um, not which one you're looking forward to the most. I know we want to see the uh, um, Bucks go out there and take care of business with the Rams, but which one do you think will be um, the most exciting game to watch? We'll be right back to keep the show going. You're listening to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1.
The Property Shop, your one-stop shop for all of your real estate needs. Looking for homes for sale or rent in the Tampa market? Text HOMES to 71441. That's HOMES to 71441. The Property Shop is a full-service realty and management company with a team of partners to give you that extra peace of mind. The Property Shop is truly your one-stop shop, providing stellar service in all areas of realty. And right now, new home buyers will receive a one-year home protection warranty for that extra peace of mind on your next big purchase. More info online at thepropertyshopusa.com or 813-655-5000. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. We covered the other three NFL playoff games this weekend. Now it's time to get to our Bucks. As you know, 3.30 tomorrow, we had the Rams coming to town to... Uh, Take on the Bucks at Raymond James Stadium. The Lions makers have the Bucks as a three-point favorite, which means it's pretty much even. Home team gets three points, so they see this as a very even, evenly matched up uh, contest. As you know, earlier in the year, the Rams beat us out there in uh, Los Angeles. It was a game where they pressured Brady. They um, made him rush a couple passes. And uh, overall, we just didn't look sharp. And that was one of our losses this year. And I think that's a good thing. Because when you play a team, you always learn when you play them, the things that you were able to do against them and had success. And you learn the things that didn't work so good. And you can work to improve those and capitalize on the things that you did do well. Now, on, on paper... You know, it looks as though the Rams have the the healthier team, if you want to say that. Um, you know, when you have Odell Beckham now six touchdown passes in the last nine games, he's starting to make his presence felt after the trade out there. Now he's he's secondary. Cooper Cup is the leader in the league in every receiving category, so he's their number one receiver on that team. Um, I think that if you look at what they're doing. You have Matthew Stafford as a quarterback who came over, as you all know, from from Detroit. So you want to talk about what advantages do the Bucks have in this game? Well, number one, we're playing at home. So the team gets to sleep in their own bed the night before the game. They have all the friendly confines of their stadium, and they can do their typical uh, routine that they will on a home game, which which really says a lot, and it is important, versus having to travel all the way across the country to get here in a different uh, different um, time zone, different climate, if you will, and get ready to play. So the Bucks have the advantage there. It's not the only advantage that they have in, in my mind. The biggest advantage that they have is Tom Brady. Which quarterback do you trust more in the playoffs, guys? Someone that has seven Super Bowl championships or a 13-year veteran who just won his first postseason game last week? Talking about Stafford. Now, I'm not. I'm not uh, talking down to Stafford. I think he's a very solid player. I think he's tough as nails. He's gotten hit many times throughout his career. Of course, playing with Detroit. Didn't have many successes out there, but he keeps on getting up, and he's definitely a gamer and uh, have a lot of respect for him as an NFL quarterback. Um, and, and like I said, he has the weapons. He has a lot of weapons now with this team, and I think that 
You're going to have to look at the advantage that we have. I say we have Tom Brady as an advantage. So if it comes down to the second half of the game, and let's say it's a close game, which I think it's going to be a close game, come down to the second half, the Bucks are very good at making adjustments. If you look at Brady's days back in New England, you would see one team in the first half, they'd come back out in the second half, and it was a totally different team sometimes, which allowed them to win and have so many successes up there. You want to say a lot of it was Belichick? You could say that, but I think that Brady had just as much to do with that as Belichick. Brady's on the field taking the snaps and throwing the ball and running the ship. So it's a little bit different um, when you have him versus a you know a journeyman quarterback who like I said is good but I think you can pressure him um you know defense we're talking about some defense they have the Rams Von Miller Aaron Donald probably two of the best defensive players in the league that first game when we played out there in Los Angeles Aaron Donald just they pushed people around and they like I said they put pressure pressure on Brady and you know Brady took a couple hits uh, doesn't like to be pressured, as does any quarterback. No quarterback likes to be pressured. And if, if you do pressure them, they need to be able to find a way to look at the outlet, um, what's the drop down, what's the check down receiver, and go from there, which again, you're not going to you're not going to fool Brady with a defensive scheme. He's seen all the schemes, whether you want to you know, go cover two, whether you want to play man-to-man, whether you want to throw a zone out there. Uh, he can change up audible at the line of scrimmage. So you're not going to show him something that he hasn't seen. The only question is going to be, is he going to be able to have the personnel in the right places to make that adjustment at that same time? Now, when I say does he have the ability with the players, that comes down to two offensive linemen that took uh, a couple hits last week, got banged up. Tristan Worfs, who's probably, in my opinion, the best you know, right tackle in the league, and Ryan Jensen, who's their center. Uh, he hurt his back, and you know, Worfs had a high ankle Injury. Well, you know, they've been questionable all week going back and forth. And as of yesterday's practice, um, Worfs was out there, believe it or not. He was in a boot all week, uh, but he was able to get out there and he was practicing. And from all accounts, from what I'm hearing, he wasn't, you couldn't see a visible limp or anything. So, you know, is he going to play on Sunday? I really think we'll find out 90 minutes before the game, whether he's able to or not. You know, a lot of times, Saturday night before the guys go to bed, they say they're not playing. All of a sudden, they wake up on Sunday and say, yeah, coach, I can go, or vice versa. So I think it's going to be that way with Worfs tomorrow. Uh, Jensen, he's going to play. Uh, he's been out there today, yesterday, and um, you know I think that he's going to be able to go out there, and they definitely need him to play. With them being in there, the only people that aren't going to play is going to be Godwin and, you know, if you want to say... Um, um, Jones, he, I don't think he's going to be able to go in there and play from all accounts. But we are going to have Leonard Fournette. You know, playoff Lenny is going to be there. And, and again, he's in the same situation as Derrick Henry of Tennessee, coming back off of a um, hamstring injury, but he's rested. 
So when it comes time now for these next couple games, or just talk about tomorrow's game, he's rested. He's ready to go. He's a huge addition for us back into the team because he can catch passes out of the backfield, which Brady loves to do so much. Um, he can catch them across the middle if he has to as well. So I, I think his presence is going to be huge in there. And um, look for Brady and the offensive coordinator left, which to take advantage of those things. Now we have Evans on the outside. Don't forget you have Jalen Ramsey on the Rams defense, one of the best uh, D backs in the league. So you may see Evans limited a little bit. He'll get open. It's really fun to watch Evans this year, really um, improve his pass route running, uh, the, the patterns that he's running. Um, he really took that to a new level. So he'll be open a couple times, and Brady, of course, will get him the ball. But he may be slowed down a little bit because of the quality of defender that's going to be on him, which is even more so important that four nets available to come in across the middle. I believe you're going to see a lot of uh, drop-down passes. I think you're going to see a lot of Gronkowski, a lot of number 87 in there, a lot of Cameron Brait. You're going to even see O.J. Howard, I believe, seeing more action than he has seen. Of course, the knock on O.J. is that his blocking Mm -hmm. skills are uh, minimal, to put it in a nice way, which is why he doesn't see as much time. Plus, don't forget, he's behind Cameron Brait and behind Gronkowski, so it's tough to get minutes behind those two um, players. So if you break everything down from that point of view, I think that our offense will be okay. Um, I, I do have a question about our ability to go deep when and if we have to. Um, when we lost Brown, for whatever it's worth, we lost that deep threat, in my opinion. I haven't seen a deep pass since he left. We really had it needed to do that, but we might tomorrow or the next week if we have to. So uh, Scotty Miller maybe needs to step up. Johnson, Tyler Johnson needs to step up and be ready. And when their number's called to uh, spread the defense, They need to do that because if you don't go deep and stretch the field, the defense starts to collapse and then it becomes harder for those mid-range passes to the tight ends, to the um, running backs coming out of the backfield. So from a defensive standpoint, you have Todd Bowles, um, who's one of the best at devising defensive schemes. And I think that he's going to have a couple um, schemes up his sleeve that's going to really frustrate Stafford. Uh, Don't forget, we went on the road and um, he was able to design schemes last year to shut down Breeze on the road in the playoffs in New Orleans, able to shut uh, beat Rodgers up there in New England, beat Mahomes, take him away. So... More than capable of doing that, and I think that Stafford is going to be in for a longer day than Brady's going to be in for, uh, in my opinion. So I think that um, you're going to see a lot of blitz packages. And you know, Stafford, don't forget, he threw 17 interceptions in the regular season, which I think is tied for the league. So um, the league lead, if you want to you know, use that as something to not really uh, – be proud of but anyway like I said Stafford's a good player and he's going to bring his A game and it's going to come down to the defenses in my opinion I think that with Worf's back and Jensen 
our offensive line, if they can just create the time for Brady to be able to do his thing, um, we're going to be fine because you have a hard time running against the Bucks. And teams haven't had success running against the Bucks, And I think you're going to have to force Stafford's hand on beating you with the pass. Are they capable of doing that? Sure. If you watched last week's game against Arizona, they lined up. Um, they lined up with nobody in the backfield. When a team does that, they're showing you and telling you that they're better than you and think they can beat you. Well, I think you're going to see some defensive schemes that are going to force Stafford's hand. And um, I look forward to be a lower scoring game. And I look forward to be a defensive battle. And I look for the Bucks to win this one. I think that Brady... Um, has the experience and push comes to shove. I'm going to go with someone that has the experience that's been there. And like we mentioned, how many times Brady has won in those situations, they're not. So I'm taking the Bucks in a victory somewhere between three and six points. And now look forward to moving on to the next game. And don't forget if San Fran can beat um, Green Bay and we uh, hold on and beat the Rams, we're going to host that uh, NFC Championship game. Something to think about. Anyway, your thoughts, 877-448-7901, sportsofpower901.com. We'll be right back. You listen to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. What are you so happy about? I'm on the pill. Aren't you two a bit old to worry about having more kids? Not her. Me. Uh, you lost me there, buddy. Steel man pills. Things weren't always looking up if you catch my drift. So my doctor prescribed me a little something. Like Viagra? Yeah, but that's expensive and it wasn't covered by my insurance. Steel man pills. Going the extra mile to help men with erectile dysfunction. 800-748-6805. 800-748-6805. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show and Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. As you know, the big news in Tampa Bay this week uh, wasn't the Bucks game so much as it was the Rays. Baseball took the center stage this week when um, the Major League Baseball officials on Thursday uh, said that they decided to uh, shut down the sister season plan that Ray's ownership under Stu Sternberg was talking about for two and a half years, a proposal to play games both in the Tampa area and then in Montreal. Major League Baseball said, nah, we're not going to do that. It's not going to work. So I'll scrap that plan. Now, on this show, we've been saying that all along, that it wasn't going to work and that there'll be a stadium in Ybor City and that the Rays will have to build it for them to stay here and to play. So... I stand by that. I think that um, one of those issues got taken care of this week with this sister plan being uh, thrown on the junk pile and saying it's not going to work. Don't forget, the baseball owners all stand to benefit from um, profit sharing, revenues and whatnot. The, the owners did not want the split season plan. The players association would never go for the players for the plan. And certainly no one really wanted it except maybe Stu Sternberg. So 
Um, it, just a matter of time before that got shot down. Uh, people were surprised it got shot down already. They thought they'd wait until baseball got back going, but the sooner the better, in my opinion, so that we can put that behind us and now focus on going forward. So now th- the plan is, is that the lease for the Rays in St. Pete at the Trop is over in 2027. Um, so they would have to have something in place between now and then to be able to make plans for the race to stay here in Tampa. And, of course, that stadium would need to be built for the 2028 season. Um, saying all that, a lot of people, a lot of fans consider this a victory of uh, this plan being shot down. Um, I look at it as something that, uh, yes, it's one less thing to have to hear about and uh, try to overcome. But as far as a victory goes, I need to hear Ray's organization, Sternberg, say, listen, I'm fully committed to keeping this team and Tampa and the place that makes the most sense right now is being looked at in Hillsborough County, i.e. Ybor City, and going from there. They're still talking about, you know, St. Pete, some ideas for some concepts down there. And I know that, you know, you may have to from a... Uh, legal standpoint with the lease still in place, uh, new mayor in, in St. Pete right now. So they're, they're going to have a proposal. And quite honestly, I believe that Pinellas County, the city of St. Pete, would be able to subsidize the stadium more so than Hillsborough County is going to, in my opinion. So from strictly a dollars and cents standpoint, Sternberg may want to hear what they have to say. Now, is that the best thing for the team? Absolutely not. The best thing for the team is to be on this side of the bridge where they're looking at it, where they're doing their due diligence, where they're buying up properties to be able to make this work down there in the Ybor City area. Um, If you look at St. Petersburg right now, what they've done, Tropicana, I think that that stadium is the worst stadium in baseball. I think it's in the worst area that you could possibly have it. And yet still, still that team year in and year out goes out there plays their asses off. They won the American League East the last two years. And, you know, they got to the World Series two years ago. That team gives everything it has all the time. The fans of this area deserve to have this team stay down here. Looking at the attendance, that's an issue. It's an issue because of where the stadium is. If you put that stadium, if you put a stadium where we're talking about putting it here in Hillsborough County, you're going to see the attendance Go from, you know, eight, nine thousand up to twenty thousand for all the games. And that's what we need to do. You, they're going to make it so that, you know, here's the plan. If they would take the blueprint of the lightning of what they do when you go to a game, what feeling do you have when you walk into a lightning game as compared to walking into a Rays game in Tropicana? I'll speak for myself. You walk into a lightning game, you feel as though you're, you're part of that team, you feel as though you're um, a part of what's going on there at Amelie. Um, it's just a close-knit type of group. They care. Um, Vinick has done a fantastic job uh, with ownership of that team, of what they've done over the years, and it shows. Back-to-back champions working on a third, and you know, right now, um, you have people that um, 
16,000, 18,000 people, 20,000 go to a game to see the Lightning play. And it's more of a baseball area than a Lightning area. Here's a stat for you. There are more viewerships on watching the game on TV or the radio in a midsummer Rays game than in a playoff Lightning game. You can check it out if you want. The, the stats are there. There's more viewership and more people watching the game on TV or on the, listening on the radio to a Rays game in mid-July than in the NHL playoffs for the Stanley Cup. So it's a baseball area. Look at the people that have come out of this area in baseball. You could have your own Hall of Fame with the names that have come out of here. So yes, baseball belongs in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay was voted the best sports city in the country for 2021. It's a growing city, both on a commerce-wise, a business um, population. Uh, people want to live in this area. And because of that, Major League Baseball wants that team here in this area. So they're not going to let Sternberg move it. You may hear names like you know, Nashville. You may hear Charlotte. You may hear Vegas. No, it's not going to happen. They want a team here. And either Sternberg is going to understand that he needs to focus have laser focus right now on putting something together in what has already, you know, been started or just quite frankly, sell the team to someone who can go ahead and do just that. They're the, they're the basic option. So as much as we heard this week, all the excitement about the plan being scrapped for Montreal, I don't think it's a surprise to anyone that's been following what's going on that uh, this came to fruition. So now we're kind of back to square one with where the organization goes and their plans. Um, are they going to have to change some things? Sure. Like I said, follow the blueprint. Follow the template that um, the Lightning have, have put out there. Look at what the Bucks do, the excitement you know, for, for a game there. I know it's a lot less games, but baseball will thrive. You need to put a, a stadium there. It needs to be grass. You need to have some type of covering, whether it be a translucent roof or a retractable, whatever it might be. Do it. Spend the extra money. Get that done. And you'll be happy that you did. And when you look at the 30-year lease, it'll be all worth it to go ahead and do it that way. Again, I'd love to hear your thoughts. 877-448-7901. Sports with power at 901.com. Send me an email or go to jimmybsports.com and send it that way. We'll be right back. You're in the gymnasium on Power 90.1. Are you looking for that one special item for your significant other? Or maybe it's time to treat yourself. Look no further than Macaulay Fine Jewelry. Right here in Brandon, at Macaulay Fine Jewelry, we have a group of very talented designers and jewelers on site who would love to help you create a one-of-a-kind piece or choose from an array of beautiful fine jewelry ready to box and gift wrap. Macaulay Fine Jewelry. Same building, same employees as Martin Jewelers. Ed says stop by, corner of Oakfield and Kings Avenue in the heart of Brandon. Now, now. back to the show back to the jimmy b sports show on power 90.1 sports fans we could talk all day about other sports we have golf still going on to la quinta this weekend um we have some good uh, ufc fights going on we have some college basketball if you get a chance to check out the usf uh, men and women playing temple 
today up at USF. It should be a great matchup. Um, a lot of things to get to. NCAA basketball. We're going to talk more about that next week. Uh, we're going to, of course, talk about the um, Valspar coming up here shortly. Uh, tennis. Some results from the Australian Open, fallout from Djokovic with that ruling, what that means for the French opening, uh, and all those um, more sports to come. Always uh, want to thank you all for tuning into the show. It's my pleasure. Uh, Jimmy B with the Jimmy B Sports Show, hoping that everyone comes back next week. Between now and then, please stay safe, stay vigilant, and above all, stay positive. And we'll catch up next week on the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Have a great weekend, guys. Mm-hmm.